Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor and pleasure to have Bina Matthews here with us this evening. Um, Bina is a speaker, a trainer, and a master NLP coach, to say the least. Um, she's a trained leader in the field of accelerated goal realization, which I love to know more about. She's also an expert in communication and once headed a team in an international PR agency. As if she hasn't got enough time, she also teaches MA uh, students at uh, the Manipal University on. PR and corporate, corporate communications. communications. Yeah. Welcome and thank you so much for finding the time to be here in your thank busy Thank you so much for having schedule. me, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about you. Um, we just having a chat earlier, you said we're filming this podcast in Dubai mm -hmm. and you said you've been here 23 years. Yes. So what brought you here? Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how did you end up, did you come here for, to be on holiday in 23 years later? <laughs> you realize, oh my God, how time flies. No. Uh, I'm from Bangalore in India and my husband's family is settled here in Dubai. So after we got married, we were in India for a couple of years. And then we said, okay, let's go to Dubai for the, you know, mandatory five years that everyone comes. And then Save money, make money. Make our money and come back. And uh, during those five years, we had our daughter. And then before we knew it, this was home. Wow. And uh, five years... It has become 23 years now. Does it feel like home to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you go home to see family, it doesn't feel like home? The thing is, uh, like I said, my in-laws are here and my mom lives with me here. Okay. My brothers are in the UK. So we don't go home that often. Yes. And uh, having been away so long and in a city like Bangalore, which is so dynamic and changing, I now feel out of place when I go home. It's uh, not yeah. my city that I grew up in. I'm so. Iranian born and um, left Iran when I was 13. I went to the UK. I never really settled because I didn't like the rain and the grey. Mm. But every time I went on courses, they all called me Lost. I don't know why, my nickname was Lost. <laughs> you know, now people are proud of it. It's like I'm a global citizen. Yeah. But years ago, it was yeah. like, where, where, some, I hope nobody asked me where are you from. Yeah. This is a long-winded story of where yeah. you were born, no, no, where you live. It's true because both my girls, for them, this is home. They were born here. I just literally went to India, gave birth to them, brought them back, and then this is home. So no matter where in the world we go, they wait to come back home. That's this sure. place, like you sure. know. So they will not tolerate anyone saying anything about the UAE. Any, you yes. know, it's it's their country. Amazing. So um, I think it's a matter of putting down roots, right? Do they speak Arabic? Uh, they. This would be a point I would raise, is that they teach everyone the Fusa Arabic, the classical Arabic, yes, but which not nobody speaks. Spoken, it's like yeah. speaking Shakespeare Latin, in English. Or Latin. Or, yeah. Yes. You know, so uh, it's useless. They did learn it. They were very good at yes. it, but they can't speak. Yes. When I was working in the telco for 12 years, I worked with a lot of Arabs. So I actually went for spoken Emirati classes. And you so know... you speak Arabic? Shwai uh, shwai bas. Uh, and uh, when I would tell them, 
the slang words and they'd have no clue what I was saying. So it's really sad that these children slog and study so much and then it's unless they want to go read the news yes. or become journalists, yes. it's useless to them. I mean, if it, uh, they've had people in the airports. You know, when we go to India with their UAE passports, please can you read this? They, read, this? That, they yes. read it and tell yeah, them what yeah, it is. Yeah. Lots about it. How old are your kids? Um, I have two girls and they're almost, they'll be turning 21 and 18. That's amazing. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank Congratulations. You. So um, you came here as a young bride and mm-hmm. uh, your husband had a job. Oh, we came here with uh, on a wing and a prayer, literally. Oh, wow, so he was also looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we came together and that was a decision we took uh, that we never went back on by God's grace till now, we've never had to, is that no matter what happened, we work. would make it work here together or we'd go back together. So there's no one of us go and the other, you know. So, so who found a job first and what was the job? Uh, actually, it was me. I found a job at Fortune Promo 7. So 23 years ago, as a female, you were the one who found a job first. That's amazing, right? Because (laughs) Dubai wasn't like it is 23 years ago. Yeah, I was really blessed. The person that uh, I did the interview with at Fortune Promo 7, he was a gem of a person, Mike Ashford. And uh, so I was a copywriter in an ad agency. So I worked on accounts like BMW, Le Meridian, Stan Shatter. Is that where your education was? Okay, I have to tell you what my personal decision was. I have been all about communication all my life. So I also believe that in order to know what you want to do or find out what you're good at, you have to do it yourself. So you can talk to people, you can ask them, but it's not the same as you're doing it. So I had the plan that I would get hands-on experience in every channel of communication possible. So uh, I did my degree in English literature, journalism, and women's studies, which would bring in my feminist element. And uh, then did my master's in English literature. I want to come to that one. You're most welcome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I you. I did my master's in English literature. Then I did a diploma in advertising. And so I was a copywriter. That was my first job. And uh, then when I came here again, I was in advertising. I have worn many hats by choice. So I have uh, been in advertising, then we both started a multimedia studio together because my husband is a broadcast uh, person, he's an editor, an animator, cinematographer. So the two of us ran a multimedia studio for a couple of years. Uh, Ethis Salat's first animated banner in the yellow pages when it came out as a CD was done by us. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we are like old how fossils. Did you, how did you work together? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. did you? Yeah. Amazing. Not many, not many couples can. That's true. Mashallah, mashallah. Tu, tu, tu. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, that is the arguing and the whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, fortunately, we share the same artistic vision and yes. you know the respect. That, but that was the first time you're going to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. So it was a big risk. And that, yeah, it was so a big risk. So both leaving your jobs to open uh, a company. Yeah. And we learned that at the time, we're both very soft, uh, kind-hearted people. So if somebody comes and says, look, I can't pay you now. Yeah, we'd be cash like, flow. You know, my wife is sick. And we're like, oh, it's okay. And then we'd be broke, but we couldn't go and chase after the money. So yes. then we both went and got full-time jobs. So that was a key learning. So you were busy. Yeah. But you weren't getting paid 
that on was time the issue. As, as yeah, promised. Yeah. And the funny people thing is that advantage. the smaller people would pay on time. The bigger, the bigger ones, businesses yeah. would all My company, 90% of my clients are SMEs. One, I speak to the owner. Mm. Two, quick results. Three, they pay up front. They pay up front, exactly. It was really funny. Because everyone would be so impressed when we put out the big names, but those are the guys that give yeah, us a run exactly. around. So anyway... And they uh, don't care. Yeah. You yeah you're a small fry, yes. right? Um, so yeah, then I had my kids and I took a decision to... Sabbatical. Uh, yeah, but I'm not the kind of person who can just sit at home without driving everyone mental. So I did freelance work. So I was a freelance reporter for Gulf News. I did uh, movie and book reviews for Khalid Times. Yes. I was the deputy editor of Mashrek Bank's in-house magazine. Do you know Darren Carrington? Uh, from Alpha. He was, uh, yes, he doesn't Alpha yeah, now, but he was yeah. from Gulf <laughs> News, I think, at one time. He was the CEO of Gulf News. Uh, possibly. Yeah, he did, he did a podcast with us. Great <laughs> okay, guy. small it's world. Small, if you're in Dubai, it? it's six degrees yeah, of separation. Yeah. So yeah, so while I was uh, at home with the kids, I did all of this, so... But you were constantly learning. Uh, yeah. And there's, um, there's, there's, some, there's a pattern here. Yeah. You love learning. Oh, absolutely. The day we stop learning, we die. Okay. So when was it when you felt that this is the time to go out there and teach? Because uh, I know you're still learning, right? Yeah, but you're so, teaching so after that, I, I got actually... Uh, to work with somebody with PR, and that was the first time, uh, because mainly writing w is my strongest skill. So uh, that's how I got in as a freelancer. And then I went into Hill and Olton, uh, full-time. That was yes. my first full-time job after yes. the kids. And then from there I got headhunted by Do, and then I was there with them for almost 12 years. So I, wow. I was heading the launch PR team, wow. which was one of the best experiences of my wow. life. Yeah. That would have been 10 years ago, right? That, Nine no, years ago? No, 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 Before 14 that. years ago, 2006. Really? God, I remember when they were in the malls giving out numbers, yes. good, and you could book your number. When we would have number. to go to family gatherings and cover our faces because everyone would be, your network is, oh, we're like, please, wow, wow. can we not have Do? I wasn't sure if Do was going to work, but they were so clever oh, with their yeah. marketing and everything. So we were involved from the beginning, From yes. the beginning. What was the size of the team when you first started it? Uh, I think we were all together around 700 people Seriously. and the, the the amazing thing at that time is we were such a family mm. so I remember we I were in DMC that. 14 yes. in uh, Media City and the comms team the strategy team the CEO the EV, we were all on one floor so you'd actually have the EVPs just walking to your desk and wow. you know and for Osman, a common cause yeah we needed uh, uh, approvals from Osman we would go and hijack him on the way to the loo and he'd be like, this is a very evil plan. Yes. But you know, it was, so when he had to have a staff meeting, he would just come to the floor and we'd all gather around. From that, they grew, mashallah, now to move 2,000 people. Yeah. Amazing. So that was an amazing time. Amazing. We would work 16, 18 hours ordering in dinner, staying wow. there. Wow. Uh, I hear there was a common, uh, there was a unity. Yeah. Somehow, even yeah. if it was 700 like, staff. You know, so many years later, the bond between those of us who were there at that time, it's still so strong. Do you remember a guy called Khalid? He was in the legal department. Khalid the Shiv, Shivji. Yes, Khalid yes. Shivji. Yeah, Khalid is Khalid he's a, a good friend. friend of mine. And he's yes. in a podcast with us. Ah, Khalid. Amazing. Khalid. Very, I love Khalid. He was there for three human. years, I think, at Do. Yes, yes, Amazing. he was. And Small I worked a lot world, with Khalid, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Khalid. <laughs> yes. Yes, he started his own practice. Yes. Doing quite well. And, and his wife, Hannah, was at Do, too. Yeah, I've never yeah, met Hannah, but yeah, with you, too. She me. was in the Small world, right? <laughs> so, um, 
women's studies. Now, mm. we're going to have, please, I believe, I mm -hmm. think, this, this be on record, okay. that the women are a stronger sex mm. in many ways than men. Mm. Okay? The only difference is that we're physically stronger. Mm. We're, just, we're just physically bigger and stronger. So I think they make better soldiers, I think they make better workers, they make better judgments, they make better stock traders, okay? Uh, and they make less decisions based on testosterone, okay? Yeah. So they're more balanced. So tell me why you think, that, do, do you think there's an imbalance? First off, I must say I'm not a militant feminist. Great, that's I, on record. Yes, and I hate it when women are, you know, we now need to put the men down and mm -hmm. we don't need to do any such thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do believe this is not a race and it's not a competition. So stronger, weaker, we're, we're complementary forces. We have forces. to live together, We're right? yin and yang. Yes. You know, it's, uh, uh, there is a Hindu deity called the Ardhanadeshwar who is literally half man, half woman. That mm -hmm. would be the perfect mm -hmm. human being. Yeah. So, so our energies complement each other. We don't have to say you're better or I'm better. We don't. Yes. We just have to identify what our strengths are and allow them to work. For companies that you're seeing an increasing number of female CEOs, female yes. CFOs, yes. because they're finding, you know, when men used to joke and say my finance minister, my home minister, it's a reality because women are less impulsive. Correct. More analytical. Correct. More balanced. They're going to weigh the pros and cons before Correct. they take a decision. It comes from the uh, hunter-gatherer time. The man was all about go out there, fight, just get the thing done, bring home the meat. Right? And the woman takes care of the family, the pay, woman's make sure job everybody is, gets food. So how long can I stretch yes. this out? How mm -hmm. much can we eat if this is going to go for so many days? What's the weather like? You know, factor in sure, all of sure, that. Sure. So, so that is what you bring when you so when companies say we need to bring in diversity or you know do gender balancing i always say don't do it just for the sake of saying we need x number of women agree do it because of what they bring to your company so agree. you have men who have their strengths and you have women who are going to add because I, I hear about uh, such and such actresses open up a company and it only employs females mm. and i don't think that's right I think it should be equal for men to enter that company and it should be equal for women to enter man's world. Mm. Do you agree with that? or make, uh, I, Honestly, I want to in, be educated. I don't in have, general, I would yes. agree with you, but uh -huh. I feel in acting and in the world of uh, a cinema, the odds have been so stacked against women for yes. so long yes. that they need to do a little extreme correction before they can balance out. Okay. Because they never got that opportunity. So there are so many women who've never got a foot in the door. Because and the, of the only place the that they will is in an all women organization. And there will come a time when there's, you know, that balance. There are other so this fields is a where. Correct, it's, in your opinion, it's a correction. It's a correction. It's not the way how things should be. Found. No, no, no. Because I think it's, as a man, it's, it's not fair. It's a phase that we need to go yes, through. Yes, they yes, need yes. to go through in yes. particular industries. Right. But. Um, you know, if, if, if for instance it works the other way in in PR, for instance, yes. they might go for the prettier girl rather than a guy because that's who they prefer to send out to the clients. Yes. You know, if the client is a man. Is the client is a man? Yeah. Mm. So you know, there are cases where it happens, but in general, I prefer, which is uh, social equality. We're we're agreed on that. It should be based on uh, merit. It on should merit. Be on, yeah. Yes. But the problem is that 
you have to now bring the women up to Correct. par with because the they're men. still below because the pay grade is everything, lower than everything i mean i have experienced it and mm. it was really shocking to me the thing is i was raised by feminist parents who not militant feminists but just believed no difference yes. between man no, and woman no. yeah so so that's how i was raised and you know like uh, my dad would just send me off to the shops and mom and everybody be like what's wrong with you and he'd say why I send my son why can't i send her and if i don't send her why should so when i was 11 or 12 my dad taught me to ride his vespa scooter and you can imagine what a skinny small thing i was in and Bangalore, ev- which is yeah, like yeah. and everybody was like man are you nuts and he said she loves riding she loves bikes if she, if my oldest child was a boy is your father still with that. us no he is i know you mentioned your mom but this is his legacy oh, that's beautiful <laughs> so yeah so for in my mind i never thought i was never conscious of the fact that i'm a yes. woman therefore yes. you know so so i remember i had a job where it was all men and it was a computer firm and i was training photoshop teachers you know train the trainer program and the manager when we were setting up the office and he came and told me so you're doing this and you're going to assemble the computers you're going to install the software you're going to put the program together bina is going to pick the tea set for when our guests come wow and I this was here in in, in india in india and i came home and i was so mad and the next day i went and i quit yes you never going to change that ignorance uh, no, mentality no so so because that's not what i was used to But you know what i would have done in I fact i would have put the pick the shittiest tea set <laughs> and then left no then i would <laughs> prove that a woman does that job badly then, yeah <laughs> right broken the <laughs> yeah exactly yeah hole in the teapot no, so, yeah so 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 uh <laughs> That's how I was raised and you know my mom as well she was Are you blessed Yeah I was really truly blessed when I see how other people because for me that was the given Absolutely. it's only when I met other people and realized that oh it's You were the rare Yeah <laughs> And, and um, so what did you learn when you were studying um women's studies what Okay women's studies is a lot of the theory of the whole rise of feminism right. and uh you know Simone de Beauvoir all those people we had to study the theoretical side of it and we went i remember to listen to a female IAS it's a very high uh, official uh speaking a female and she was talking about adopting a child as a single parent and she said why do i need a husband i can adopt yes. and i said okay that's a good and there were small school girls there and then they started saying she said what do you think of it and they said you know they because in certain areas of india at that time there was the issue of female feticide yes. and infanticide and these children started saying if we have a son we will kill him mm-hmm. and that's when i realized oh dear god we should be this militant feminism is you it's don't two wrongs wrong. don't make a right you know yes i was reading so, actually in the newspaper that in some areas of india it's a big area there's 80 uh, for every 1000 or for every 10000 males there's 8750 females the, the numbers are terrible i yes. did so now females are marrying into the family yeah the brothers yeah. and the yeah. uncles yeah. it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and i'm really praying that changes but um, because nature balances everything right yeah. you start messing with nature this is what it's happens. going to and so we need to start educate it should become part of the education of children when they're very young wow. this concept of equality of 
the necessity of both sexes and that what they bring to everything. That could be also about religion as well, right? It could. It could. And again, I face the religious side. Mm. I was told that um, in your lifetime, if you bring ten people from other religions into Islam, then mm. you will go have this in. I'm like, Jinnah. yeah. Okay. And it, it wasn't right. Yeah. It wasn't right. Yeah. Yes. No, uh, that's a good point you raised. That again was uh, my parents were very people of very deep faith. And that's where I got the understanding. Hindus. No Christian. Oh wow! Amazing. Yeah, uh, that I, I grew up in a church compound. Wow! <laughs> so that true faith has no borders and boundaries Correct. and names. So my dad ran, uh, represented an NGO, a global NGO oh. for the middle. I mean, for Africa and Asia. So he was traveling a lot, and he, all of us were involved in it. So my mom used to teach street uh, children to read and write. Yes. And when we were old enough, we would help her. And we would. My dad uh, worked a lot with slum dwellers. Yes. And uh, he was responsible for saving so many slums from being demolished. Did he ever take you there? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was part of our. So you realize how That's lucky how you were. I grew up. Yes. Mm. So to date, I cannot bear food being wasted. Yes. <laughs> if I see people throwing away food, it really drives me mad because yes. I've seen people looking in the garbage bin for food. For, the, for a little yeah, bit of that. Yeah, so, so you know, those are things that you're just, you're raised with. Yeah. So uh, my kids always laugh. They say your life is like a movie when you tell us all this. Growing up in Dubai, all this is like, what Nothing. You know, they can't even. It's like security or safety. You know, we, when I go back home, England, I leave the phone in the car or forget to lock the door. They say, yeah. what are you doing? Or, carry my bag with me. They said, yeah. don't do all this stuff, right? Yeah. Because you will get pinched. You get used to it in this yeah. cocoon of safety exactly. and Exactly. So, no, so talking about uh, liberal uh, religious views, mm. so um, most of the people that he worked with were Hindus. And uh, there's a festival in India called Aida Puja, which is the day that you thank the equipment which with which you make your living. Living with. Or the, the vehicles which transport you or the instruments that you make your music with. So it's very much like the American Indians, you know? Yes, the, yes. the notion of giving thanks yes. to everything. Kind of humbling, that, isn't it? So yes. yeah, living and gratitude. so we were living in a church compound and they would come and do the puja to my dad's scooter and his typewriter and his equipment because his office was in the house. And that's Beautiful. when I realized, you know, that is faith because the divine supreme being transcends all the labels that we try to put. Exactly. So, exactly. so yeah, that's that's well, God, the background. God bless his soul, from. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sound like an amazing yeah, man. Yes. I'm sure you miss him all the time. Oh, absolutely. But then that's the thing, you know, uh, which brings me to my uh, why I became a coach and why I'm in this yes. current thing, is when I realized the importance of finding your purpose. You're put on this earth for a reason. You're given your talents, your skills. You're put in that family, in that surrounding for a reason. Yes. And as long as you haven't connected with it, yes. everything seems off, you know? And, and you are not your best self. So the sooner we find it and start working towards it, the happier we are. So in, if you take my father's example, he didn't live a very long life, but he did his job. He did his job. Served his purpose. He, he served his purpose. And it lives on. Yes. Not just with me, with 
thousands of people. So now I am teaching my children these things. So yes, it, the values, you know, the it's principles. Legacy. That wow, is beautiful. why I focus so much on what is your legacy. Find that out. That will shape how you live your life. People come to you for help. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest stumbling block for people? Because they come to me and say, I say, find your passion. Mm. And they really can't, mm. right? They can't. How mm. do people find their passion? And what's the biggest stumbling block from your experience? The programming that we get from outside. You know, you're raised to say, this is a good profession, or this is a secure job. Do you, or you feel need to when you make them aware of it, some people will get offended? See, they're so conditioned. I, uh, I believe that things happen at the right time. So if they are there talking to me about it, they're at I a place it. in their life where they're ready to hear it. If they're in a stage where that would offend them, they wouldn't even be talking about it. And you will never offer those advice unless they ask? No, uh -huh. no, not now. Uh, I used to, which is when I slowly discovered this what I should be doing full time because I've mentored and unofficially coached people all my life. Yes. Uh, because what I realized is uh, there's a parable about the seeds being thrown and the ones that fall on the hard ground will be eaten by the birds and the one that fall on the fertile ground, ground will take yes. root. And, uh, so I just realized my words are precious so I'm not going to just chuck them Amazing. if I don't know you're ready for them. When you're ready you will ask me the right questions so I can and tell you. And also the people that who don't want it may resent you for it. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. When it's not so who the wants that energy? Because as a young person, you you know you're so full of it. Like I hate smoking. Yes. I hate smoking because when I uh, in women's studies every year I had to do a project. So one year I did women in nursing, and I had to spend two days in the cancer hospital, and that that just it it's yeah. for life. I saw young people there. And, and, you know, the doctors were saying, you know, it's just because they started smoking early. And I know smokers will say, but this guy lived to 80 yes, and 80. Exactly. They always have the case studies yes. to counter what you're saying. But it's a small percentage. Yeah, so for me, I was so, I mean, I saw people I love doing it. I would stop talking to them or nag them. And then I reached the point where I they think all of them to. said, oh, thank God. I realized there's no point. Yes. They are never going to stop till they want to. So now I see it. If you come and tell me I want to stop, well, I'm a trained hypnotherapist. I can help you with that. Yes, but, yes. but they have to want to. Yeah, yeah. That's something I learned. And that's what I tell people who are young people who are uh, dating or thinking of marrying someone. And they say, I don't like this about him or her, but I'll change them. Once we get married, I'll <clears throat> Nobody can change anybody. Yes. Nobody can change anybody. Yes. So, so out of a hundred people who come to you, what is the majority of people coming to you for? What kind of assistance or help do they need? They feel that they're stuck. I'm at a place where I feel like this is not where I should be. There's something more, there's something else I should be is doing. Is there an age group where it can be any age? Uh, it is any age actually. It could be any age, especially uh, nowadays. I think when people are going through the whole job uncertainty and, um, and, and also people are becoming generally more spiritually awakened, I feel, 
people are beginning to realize there's more to life than just making money or having a big house and a big car. Instagram. Yeah. So they go through these phases and, and um, or they, they, you know, so I, I have clients who have every box ticked and then they're saying, but something's missing. So uh, I, I think it's the common ground in all of them is there is something that is holding me back. Yes. I don't know what it is, and I want to move past it. And so, on, on average, how many times would they have to see you, mm. on average, mm. before they can be on the right path, or they have can find their path? Yeah. What's the normal process? Uh, uh, I use a lot of NLP. I, like you said, I'm a master NLP coach, and uh, that accelerates the coaching process. So NLP, scarily as it sounds, is neuro-linguistic programming. We don't take and brainwash you. It's just neuro the way the brain works. Linguist is the words you're using the and programming word. is the meaning that your brain has associated with that word. Okay. So the same word could mean something different to you and something different head. to yes, me yes, based yes. on our personal values, our experiences, our beliefs. So uh, the, that association... Beautifully said, by the way. Nobody's ever described it that way. So I really appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, so the, the meaning and the association, there's a neural pathway in our brain. So generally we have one meaning for the word. For instance, um, networking. Now to someone who is shy and hates meeting people, the word networking, the association for the brain is panic. Yes. Start sweating, palpitation, you know. But for somebody who loves it, Networking is boosts the adrenaline, get excited, heart uh, starts accelerating, but with excitement. Mm -hmm. So there's one meaning. So that path between the meaning and the word is a neural pathway. With NLP, what we do is we believe choice is better than no choice. So we give you different meanings. How about... So at that point, it's a decision. Uh, when Once you have meaning... Awareness. Yes, yes. So, so the thing is, the brain now doesn't have this default route. Yeah, that's the so, only answer. That's the only yeah, translation to yeah. that word. So it can now pick these other things. And now any pathway, you know when you're actually uh, creating a path, you take the roller and you've got to go over it many times before that becomes a Flat, proper path. Yes. So we need the repeated sessions. So uh, the minimum time would be three months, which would be around 12 sessions in order for that path to get well established and for that learning to get integrated. Because it's like habits, isn't it? It's yes. like habits. So yes. in between, what I, find, I, do, I do training, corporate training, mm. and what I find is that in these minimum six sessions before anything that I said starts getting into their new habits, yeah. what do they have to do in between to make sure they don't fall back in the old habits? So you know, the internal um, dialogue starts changing. Coaching is a client-led process. So that's what makes it different from counseling or from uh, consulting. When I'm a mentor or consultant, I will tell my clients what to do. So in this situation, based on my experience and my knowledge of the subject, do this. But in coaching, I help them to find the answer themselves. So they come, they set the agenda, and then they decide what they're going to work on till the next session. And when we sign the contract, they say, I will be accountable for this. I will commit. Yes. Do you ever fire clients? Uh, I, no, by God's grace, I haven't had to fire anyone, but I've turned down clients. Okay. 
I have. So I always meet up with them. We have a 30 minute chat and it's a two way process. They see if I'm a good fit for them and vice versa because um, it's an energy thing. Do you sometimes have to coach yourself? Oh yes. Do you, and how do you deal oh, with yes, that? Oh yes, I Because you've have. got total awareness of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your energy is amazing. And I walked, we've never met before. It came as a recommendation. And um, and I'm so glad we met because the moment I walked in, you had this calming energy about you. Thank you so no, much. No, no, really, really. This like wholeness. I, I'm, I'm not saying it because yeah. here, but uh, is that because you're working on yourself all the time? Or is this something that... Uh, I think it's what we call congruence in coaching. When your mind, your heart, and your gut are all aligned, so everything that you're doing is in line with your values. It's in line with your purpose, and it's line in line you, with you're just being. Yeah. So in the moment, being you. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no inner fighting, you know. Mm. If because what I've realized with coaching so many people is we forget what our values are, and values don't change. True. Do you know they start at zero, age zero, when parents say, let him or her grow up, then I'll teach them? You have picking to teach values them. Yes, then. they're picking it up till five. Values cannot be talked after five, apparently. Beliefs are formed, but not right. your values, and your values are for life. Right. So when people say, he's a nice guy and all, but I don't know, I, there's just something. something. Something in that person's behavior is violating Their your basic value. So since you're not conscious of it, you don't know what it is. You know when you say, I just get a bad vibe. Or that bad vibe could be something within you that you don't like it's, seeing in it's, them. It's, it's your value is getting, like I'll give you the example of a client mm. who came and told me, I need to leave my job, I hate it. By the second session she realized she loves her job and she was shocked. She said, I wake up and I wait to go to work. Why did I think I hate it? So through the coaching process we found. What was the process? She has, it's asking questions, it's helping her to get back into, you know, Loving the situation work, and, and actually drilling down to where that feeling originated. One manager. And the first thing I do when I have a client is identify their values. And this lady's basic value is honesty. This guy was not. And she said, I cannot take it if this is anything else I will, you know, I'll say maybe in this, not honesty. And then it came down, this one manager, she felt she was not being honest to the company, to her team. And when she realized it was literally a Eureka moment, she was like, oh my God, that's why she's a nice and person. that escalated all the way to... So on a daily basis, amazing. her value is getting violated. So she doesn't know what it is. Wow. And once she realized that, all she had to do was change her manager. She went and put in a request, can I work with someone else? And happy as ever at work. It was not. But see, in her mind, she was she, looking for a job. She thought, the, she, she thought <laughs> can she needed a whole job. Can you help me find an job? Yeah. yeah. So, that's so that's how important it is to find out what our values are. So you had nine, nine sessions credit. <laughs> more than we, we had a lot more I'm only joking that, so I'm only yeah. joking fantastic yeah. so um, on the corporate side mm -hmm. I know you're again you're a very busy lady tell me about PR and marketing uh, so I'm now a freelance con communication consultant have you seen the market change towards PR and marketing over the last 
15 years <coughs> since the internet, since Google, since oh, yeah. uh-huh. what, big what, time. What have you noticed? What changes? You know, I mean, in the old days, if you messed up, you had time till it appeared in tomorrow's paper. Yes. To fix it yes. or to save the situation. Yes. But now everybody Instance. is a reporter. Before the incident has happened, million videos online. Everyone knows it and everyone has commented and your brand can go like that. So so PR professionals Mm -hmm. have had to evolve. You have to keep pace and that's what I teach my students. You can't uh, be ignorant to what's happening in the world. Yes. Because you now have to, before you were just taken to consideration what your competitor is doing. Yes. Now you have to take into consideration everything that's happening yes. in the country, regionally, globally, because politically correct, incorrect is now a hairline difference. Yes. You know? Do you think the PR industry is going to continue or do you think it's going to go downhill? Because um, people just go direct to the source now, right? Yes, yes. That's that's. People do ask me that a lot. and. I, again, I think it's a matter of evolving. A PR person cannot just say, this is what I do, it's pure PR. You can't, you've got to be a social media person. You've got to maybe do a little photography, a little graphics. Yes. You've got to, because they're getting consolidated into yes. one functionality. On a mobile phone. You know? Everything's been done on a mobile phone. Exactly. Right? And um, I feel there will always be the need for PR advisors for a company yes. because at the end of the day you need somebody who who can actually guide you by seeing the big picture because the danger of social media is we've become very very micro now it's can't see the wood for the tree situation people just do knee-jerk reactions to things you know you have to have someone who can the holistic have yeah. the big picture and say keeping in mind your company's visions and objectives your long-term goal is this your best response at this time? Yes. So in that capacity, I feel you will always need someone. Because PR, unfortunately, people associate it with press release. Yes, correct. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that at all. It's it's the having the savvy to read the situation and, and judge the best uh, yes. decision at that time. What's your opinion about um, bloggers and influencers? Now, as a marketing company, mm. we get approached by bloggers saying, oh, for $10,000, for $50,000, for this, I'll do What's your opinion? Do you think the consumer believes in these people anymore or they, they become more smarter knowing that these bloggers are getting paid to advertise there? I think that realization is coming in more. Yes. Uh, at the beginning, it was, you know, because they were a more credible source. They're always going to take what them, right? another yeah. peer is going to say rather than the company. Correct. Because you're obviously going to say you're the best, but yes. if, like, why do we go to TripAdvisor? It's people because like you and me recommending it or giving gone, feedback. Yeah, so it's another family that's gone there. And they said, "I have two kids, and this is what I experienced." I I know that's a real, authentic experience. Though now that I know how much influences and how much Getting this has become so insidious, yes. this now I'm reading it, and if it's excessively sweet and praising, I'm like, "Oh my God, it's is this real. real or isn't it?" Mm-hmm. So that becomes, um, I feel maybe, I don't know, I'm going to get hated for this, 
But I feel maybe we're going too much down the influencer road. I actually agree with you. <laughs> I think the consumer is becoming more aware of what is real and what is not. Yeah. And the influencers, um, they're, they're, I won't say their days are numbered, but they can't dictate the kind of fees that they're expecting soon. Because if somebody has been an expert in the field and then goes on to become an influencer in that field, I will, they have Respect more credibility more, yes. for me. But if somebody is an influencer just because they have X amount of yes. followers, yes. Makes them they no know zilch yes. about this, mm -hmm. but they're the expert because they have so many followers, it just doesn't compute for me. Good. And if I can pay you so much, and then you will be an influencer for me, and then my competitor comes and pays you more, and then you start you representing them, doesn't work. Where's the where's the credibility in that? You know, Amazing. if somebody can be bought, their opinion has no value to me. Personally, do you think uh, I want to be a speaker? Mm. And I know that you are mm -hmm. uh, on the international scene. Do you think it's important to be a, a, an author, author of a book? Would it help you as a speaker? Uh, I think people, you know, the respect level goes up because you've got a published book. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary, honestly, because um, I'm seeing that the impact of real-world experience versus academic knowledge and theoretical knowledge. Um, th that's why I teach, you know. I, I went in for that option because I realized that the kids are coming, because I had a lot of interns coming from universities over the years. And I saw that, you know, what they're being taught has zero connection to the real world. And the poor girls were coming there and they were getting so shaken up. But we studied that this is supposed to happen or they draft an email. And I'd be like, this is completely wrong for this the person. Writing, that they have the way, yeah. been taught one format and they come out. And, and uh, so with our industry experience, I felt it's the right thing to go and share that with them. So that at least we're preparing them, yes. you know, and and that's where my husband teaches as well. Yes, he he was actually in the industry for so many years. So this is what you do is so, unpaid. You're just giving. Uh, no, here it is, it is a paid oh, gig. Yeah, okay. That's good. Give paid. and take. <laughs> um, that. But you're rewarded. You're yeah, rewarded, but it's, not it's what is It's an energy exchange. Oh, I love that. Human beings are wired to value that which they pay for. So true. Conduct a workshop. For free. For nobody free. will do nothing. You will have 100 people sign up. But nobody You'll will be lucky if 40 come. Sure, right? True. Because at the last minute, uh, I don't feel like going. Cancel. Let them pay even 10 dirhams. They will come. So true. And also the 40 who come, 39 won't do anything after the course. <laughs> yeah. True? Yeah. They just so, take the piece so of paper, put it on the we, shelf. And when do there is that energy exchange, the brain is wired to say, I love that. I energy have exchange. now I been. Love that. Because I, I think money is energy. It is. Money is and When people say money is the root of all evil, that's bullshit. Yeah, money is just energy. What you do with it or the is love either of money. good or bad. Yes, or the love of money is e bad. That's yes, your greed. Yeah, yeah. It's not the money. That's your greed. Right? You need money in order to do good. Exactly. Like if I want to go and give money to as many poor people as I have. The more can. money you have, the more good I need you can to have do. enough to first take care of my family Correct. and then have wow, some more so I can give it. Love it. You know, so yeah. Amazing. Do you have people coming to you commercially, with, like for instance, with limited beliefs towards money? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, when we were chatting earlier, I mentioned that I'm an energy healer, pranic yes, healer. And uh, 
that that was founded by a person called Master Chua Kok Sui, who was a millionaire. And that was what really interested me, that he believed this notion of spirituality, meaning no materialism, is completely wrong. You know, that we have been raised to say, don't be greedy, money is bad, money is the root of doesn't, all evil. Doesn't grow on so trees. We, so we have poverty consciousness. Correct. So we feel guilty about charging a certain amount. We feel guilty so about, you know, and as long as you are putting out this negative energy to money, it can't come so, to you. So although it's a conditioning, mm. it's an energy that you can change. Absolutely. So you can change Not your, necessarily you through NLP, but through energy healing. Through any method. It's just a matter of accepting that I have this poverty consciousness mindset. And most religious people have it. Because I actually have people who come say, so coaching, you're helping people's lives, right? So you're doing it for free, right? I say, uh, I actually spent thousands, yes. tens of thousands to get the highest level of training from the best people so that I will be the best coach you can get. So if you want the best, pay for it. then you'll have to pay for it. Fantastic. You know? What if, I'm talking from personal experience, mm. you come from a background where you're not rich, you're mm. poor, mm but you want to be rich mm. and you really don't have any issues about abundance, mm. right? Mm. But there's certain things that sabotages, mm. you know, you get money, you spend it, you get money, you spend it. Uh, also, you look at your, I mean, I socialize with billionaire friends, mm. okay? And they say to me, why aren't you a billionaire? Mm. Okay, and I actually don't know. Because mm. I think that maybe I've never had it, so I don't know how to get it. Does that make sense? Do you want or, it? Because mm, I do a lot of good with it, yes. So I you like, do. I like to have my own jet. Okay. Uh, okay. To fly all the poor people everywhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the poor people quicker. Um, yeah, I like to have my own yacht and apartments in major cities in the world. And do good. We, mm. we support a school of 300 children, 300 orphans in Thailand. Wow. So, um, yeah. So but then it the, comes The down. way I think is this. This is what I think. Um, you know, I think... Because I never had financial education, okay, mm. I just don't know how to play in that field. Does that make sense? I, it does make sense, yes. The billionaires behave in certain ways, hang around, do certain things, but mm. I, I've never been uh, introduced to that lifestyle. But haven't you met self-made billionaires yes. who haven't had any of that and yes. who just came from nothing? And I'm wondering if, but sometimes, I don't actually like the way they are or what, how they got there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. They crush too many people to get there. Yeah. And it's not, not the route I want to go. I've got some, not in this country, I have to be careful what I say, but I've got some um, acquaintances, politicians, mm. okay? Mm. They just screw the country just yeah. for their own yeah. well-being. And I don't want to do that either. It, it comes down to, remember the goal realization? Mm -hmm. Identifying your goal clearly. Mm -hmm. So the example I give is, you're married. Yes. So it would be like if your wife told you, get me something nice. Yes. You could would be, a flower. be clueless, right? Could be a you don't flower, know. So she says, okay, uh, something black. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell do I get her black, you know? Uh, stone? Yeah. But if she said, get me a black dress, you know what exactly to give her, and she's got exactly what she wants. So when we put it out to the universe, we tend to put these vague things out there. I want to be rich. 
my trainer always told us the story of one of his clients who came and said, I want to be rich. So he said, okay, what does that mean to you? He said, I want to have more money than I have now. So he took out a dollar and he gave it to him and he said, there You're you rich. go, mission accomplished. You have more money than when you walked in, right? Hmm. So what is rich to you? Be specific. Define it. I want to be happy. What is happy? How will you know when you are happy? What will you have when you are happy? And then you focus on it and you so think about it. So the clearer your goal is, the path shows up. I'll give you the example of uh, today, strangely enough, is two years since uh, my role was made redundant in the corporate world. And in the last couple of years, I loved it so much. You, you heard me saying it earlier. I mean, that was home and I loved my job. The last few years, I realized I've plateaued. I mean, it's when you keep doing the same thing, there's no new challenges. Growth. And yeah, no growth. And I always believed when you wake up and you think, oh, another day of doing the same thing, time to move on. Reality, we have families, we have financial commitments, and we're scared. Responsibilities, we're scared fear of the to, unknown. To, to jump out. So for two years, my colleague and I would say, this event is the last event we're going to be here. And then the next year we're there saying it again. And, and we were so depressed. We were like, you know, the next year we're not even going to say it. And then I went and did the coaching. The NLP? Yeah. Right. Which, strangely enough, I didn't believe in coaches four years yes. ago. I said, did you work with Carol, Carol Talbot? No. I, oh. I uh, trained with this American company called Mindbridge Training. Oh, yes. Okay. So they come down twice a year. Okay. And the couple who do the training, they worked with the actual uh, creators of NLP. Wow. So 40 years they've wow. been in the field. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, and I used to think, it's my life. Who is this person who's going to come and tell me how to live it or what to do it? It didn't make sense to sure. me. And uh, and then, you know, universe does its thing. And uh, I said, okay, I'll go to attend this course, which is highly recommended by a friend. And it's not cheap. No, it isn't. It's not cheap. This so it's a is, heck of a commitment is, for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I said, if not anything, I'll just go and find out what it is I need to do. And in the course of it, I realized this is what I'm cut out for. I mean, my trainer herself came and said, I mean, you are really the best coach we have. You should. And, and that epiphany that I had, you know, this is what I need to be doing. Because I've told you my background, what I yes. grew up with. Yes. It was a life of helping others, improving lives. And I'd reached this point in my life, I felt like, oh my God, it's so self-centered, you know. I go, I work, I get the money, it's for me and my family. The, where do I give back? And when I did the coaching, I felt, oh my God, now I can this actually transform lives. This is what I want to do. So once I realized that, and I realized about how setting a goal is so important, I changed the next year I will not be here, which was my equivalent of telling the universe, I don't want to be here, without telling it where I want to be instead. You know, like in Star Trek, when they say, be me up Scotty, they know where they're going. They know where yes. they're going. Yeah. If otherwise, they, you'd be reassembled somewhere else Lost in the in galaxy, space. right? Exactly. So, so then I realized. So, I started with January first. This is twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen. I will not be an employee here anymore. 
I will be well on my way to setting up my own consultancy. I will resign in December. However, I would prefer to be made redundant because then I get the three months redundancy package and she that will help me with setting up my company. And everybody used to say, please don't say these things out loud. Who goes and asks to be made redundant? I said, no, this is the energy I'm putting out there. So in uh, August, we went to the States for a vacation one month. I come back in September. Three days later, I'm called and your role has been made redundant. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. On September yes. 17th. So it's awesome. I'm doing this today. And so three months notice, which means I end in December. And the first thing my friends came and told me is, oh my God, you January 1st, you will not be an employee here. The more specific you are, the higher your chances of getting what you want. That can go through weight loss. It could be anything. Anything. Could it? Nothing. You need to make the goal clear. Think of taking a picture. Why do we focus? If you just point and click, I mean, you have autofocus now, but if you just, you're going to get either blurry picture or an okay picture. But if you pick the prime focus of your uh, thing, whether it's in the yeah, foreground exactly or the background, you, you focus on that. That's what makes a good photographer's picture different, right? Amazing. It's what you focus on. So th- it's, um, I just use coaching to help people define what they're going Because as a coach, it doesn't have to, it can be ongoing forever, can't it? What well, can, most executives. So, have, have coaches for good, I right? work with, uh, yeah, with CEOs and executives and there's a long-term retainers because uh, at... Let's, let's talk for me. At that okay, position, After this, we'll sit down and sure, you can consult me and see sure, when I can, I can work sure. with you. Because in, in your role, it's a, it's a very difficult position to be in. If you're having any self-doubt or you want to rethink something, you can't talk to anybody in your company. Do you know what? It's not, it's not self-doubt. It's having a, having a busy streak going on, lacking focus. Anything. It's anything. Not, it's, there's Even, no self-doubt because I, mean, I can take a massive day, risk. Yes, yeah. But if I'm not focused, if I'm not specific mm-hmm. enough, it's going to be wasted. Yes. No, I'm just saying as a human being, yes. if you go through that moment yes. where you do have, like, I'm okay, I'm, I'm scared about yes. this. Who do I tell? I can't tell my peers. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't have peers. I can't tell my direct reports, they're going to start getting freaked out. I can't go and tell my wife or my husband because, or whatever, because yes. they, they don't really understand what is and happening in my office. And they'll tell you what they want to tell you because they care for you. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. conditional in a way. So, so a coach becomes your sounding board and your mirror. Honest. Because I have no vested interest. Pina, I like you. <laughs> I'm glad to Just look that. after me on the money <laughs> side, okay? I know it's energy, but please, I want, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. But thank you for that. Um, so you, when you, like, let's say you're my coach, okay? Here's a buying signal for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd be looking at NLP, you'd be looking at energy. How does the energy work? Do you, do you have me lying down and just hover your hands all over my head or something? Or, and there, I don't, how does the energy work? How do you deal with, and sorry, if it's, I hope no, it's no, not no. like state secret. No, uh, the energy healing is, it's a non-contact based thing. So basically yes. we are all just forms of energy. Yes. All of us and Agree. everything. Agree. And when we resonate at the right level, that's yes. when you say, you know, that we're just at the same frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people have you said that to? We're just on the Correct. same frequency. I don't know what it is, but we're, we're yeah. on the same wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Or you just feel, man, we're yeah. just not vibing. 
the vibrations are not right. So when you walk into a room, or sometimes you're in a room and you can feel that someone has entered, that's a very strong aura. The aura has actually entered the room before that person. Wow. So if it's a good aura, you, you get the good feeling. And sometimes you're just saying, I don't know, man, when I'm with that person, it just feels... Yeah. It's, it's the energy. So uh, in pranic healing, what we do is we scan the... Uh, all our organs are controlled by chakras. And those chakras either get congested or depleted congested with dirty negative energy yes. or just depleted yes so we scan we balance the chakras. Is that through meditation no so i can even heal you remotely you can be in another country i can heal you wow yeah because as long as i have a picture of you i know what you look like then i can scan wow. you and i can yeah and how long does this process take and is it ongoing is uh it, it depends on what you're suffering from a normal session is 30 to 40 minutes wow and the number of sessions varies. So it's amazing. And it's a gift that you have, right? It's not something that I can uh, Actually, do. that again is, mm-hmm. is something. So whenever I, all these things could possibly sound a bit woohoo to no, some no, people. No, I don't think so. But I went through a period of skepticism, actually experienced it, and then became a believer in all of these. So, you know, I, I have credible ground for speaking. So pranic healing... Uh, a friend of mine told me for two years to go for it and I just, it just didn't make sense to me and then due to excessive stress I went through an autoimmune disease like anything I ate my body would reject yes. so when over three months I went into emergency four times throat closing up and adrenaline shots and my they had to give steroids that sent my BP up and I was put on BP medication and then I said and they couldn't figure it out. They could not figure out what is... And finally, they wanted to do some very invasive tests. And at that moment, because like I said earlier, I believe things happen at the right time, when it's the right time mm-hmm. to do it. I said, okay, you know what, let me give it a shot. So I asked this friend, okay, give me the details of your healer and I'll go. And in three months, I was completely healed. Completely healed. So, and no side effects, you know, no medication. And what I loved about it was that they tell you before you start, once you're healed, you have to go and train and become a healer yourself so you can continue to heal yourself. Wow. So it's not like, you know, keep coming back to me. Yes, you can fix yourself. Yeah. So when I went and did that, and and funnily enough, when I was young, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a thoracic surgeon. I wanted to save lives. And... uh, I was just too playful to do all the studying that medical school required. So that didn't happen. But it was always there, you know. I wish I could have become a doctor. And then when I became a pranic healer, I was like, oh my God, this is the kind of healing the university wanted me to do. How do people find you, Lena, uh, if they're looking for you? Word of mouth, yeah. LinkedIn, my website. Do you mind telling the audience what your website is? Sure. Please. It's uh, simple enough. It's coachbina.com. Coach, Coach Bina, Bina spelled B-I-N-A. B for Bravo, yes. I for India, N for November, A for Alpha. Alpha. Thank yes. you. So um, now you're doing your own podcast. Mm. Um, it's not a podcast so much as a YouTube series. Okay. I plan to enter the podcast. Uh, thing. You are my introduction to podcast, by Great. the way. Thank you Great. so much. You're uh, you have broken that ceiling for me. Sure. So I started a series called Power Bites, which is a series of interviews with captains of industry. 
I just wanted people to see what people who find their purpose look and feel like. And you know, we associate success with you're a CEO or you own 20 companies or you know there's yeah, you have your figures like Richard Branson Bill Gates yeah, Mark Zuckerberg so anytime yes. you think leader you think of them yes so I've got a range of people and I started on Sunday with Osman Sultan uh, the CEO of Do uh, who was a very influential person in my life and uh, wow. so yeah he's a personal friend obviously yes nice. because he embodied the kind of person I think a CEO should be when you What's he doing in, now? Is he still there? Uh, he still? He's now in the handing over phase. Wow. So yeah, he retired and he's moving on to his next phase, which is going to be an exciting one too. And he, there's so much knowledge that he has to share. So I started with him. So basically, not everyone can get access to these people, right? And with these series, you can pick their brains. You, and you can, can go to the masses. Yeah. Anybody can access them. So I've got them. And then next week I have a, a female dean of the university. So that is a rarity in this region. Yes, and yes. she is an awesome powerhouse of a woman. So the guests are so different. I want people to see the dream can be anything. So how do we get to see you? What's your YouTube account? Uh, it's also Coach Pina. Coach Pina. I made it very simple. Just go anywhere, search for Coach P-I-N-A. You'll find me. Okay, fantastic. And to hire you, same. It's on your website. Um, uh, yeah. To work with you, to consultations. Everything. Yes. Fine. Great. Uh, there's a form that you just fill in, send in an email, and I'll get in touch with you. So the question I ask everyone: mm -hmm. five years ahead, mm -hmm. we're going to have this conversation. Okay. What's happened to your life in five years? Can you be a bit specific? Okay, you will be planning huge gigs for me, like you did for Tony Robbins. <laughs> so big audiences. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's and worldwide, local? Worldwide, worldwide. Doing what? Raising people's awareness. Okay. Helping them to see that every one of them matters. Every single human being has a purpose. So inspiring people. Yeah. Just awakening them. Mm -hmm. Awakening them. Because I talk a lot. I do a lot of free coaching. I can't help it. And uh, this is the business side that is developing <laughs> but it's something like this you know especially with my students and with my children's friends uh, I do a lot of free coaching for them and people just need to hear this you know especially with all that's going on in the world everyone is so scared and funnily enough you have thousands of friends online and people have to put it online that they have a headache or you know, even a suicide uh, tendency yes. has to be put out there like somebody yes. please intervene and yes. it's so sad because you, at the end of the day a friend is somebody there, a family member is somebody there and I'm seeing parents and children all from places of love yes. doing the wrong thing for each yes. other, cutting off communication, yes. you know, so I just feel that if I have the gift of speaking and I've been blessed with all this training and knowledge then it's my duty to help people to to get that awareness wow. so so that maybe they can live better again lives. after this we can discuss this another time maybe we can help you do that sure okay yeah, absolutely that would be great I don't know how long have we been talking do you have it <laughs> an hour an hour and a half an hour and 
seven minutes? And I said, so hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can talk all day, Dariush. If you don't stop me, I will keep oh, talking. Oh, so you're taking away all the credit for me saying I was a fantastic interviewer. And now you're just saying it's you all. Okay, then no, you take ask, all the credit. No, you ask such good questions. And you're so genuinely interested. I really and, am, actually. And, and yeah. that's... Uh, yeah. uh, seriously speaking, after this, I want to discuss... Um, Working Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. One of the challenges I get is that when somebody says, I'm a coach, mm. and I challenge them and say, Well, wh why should you be my coach? Mm. Right? I can understand the personal trainer because I look at his, his body and I go, Wow. Yeah. They got discipline, they go mm. to the gym every day, mm. they watch what they eat. I can be inspired to be like them or they can help me. Yeah. But when it comes to coaching, it's mental. Mm. And I've honestly, on LinkedIn, somebody approached me to be my coach and I said, What qualifies you to be my coach? And they were so offended. Mm. But still, and I was thinking, there's no way in the world I'm going to work with you. Because yeah. it was like, why are you asking me this question? Check my references. I was like, if you don't know yeah. why you can yeah. be my coach, I can't work with you. Yeah, it's interesting because that, a, CEO, a CEO once asked me, mm -hmm. he said, I'm the CEO of a group of companies. So... How are you going to coach me to be a better CEO? Because you haven't been the CEO of a group of companies. So I said, that's your strength. That's what you do. Yes. What I do is help you be the best CEO you can be. Or the best person you can be. Whatever it is. Yeah. I can train a golf. I can coach a golfer. I can coach a truck driver. I can coach anybody. Because exactly. you are the best you you can be. I help you in getting there. That's my, my skill. And you don't get offended. Of course, I don't exactly. get offended. I like those questions. Valid say, question. Somebody comes to the washing I hire you. I said, do, 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 do. Yes. I'm going to open up my heart and soul and my to wallet. You. Yes, exactly. To you and spend time. How are you going to take I me to the next level? Yeah. And that's why I do the uh, free first, uh, you know, just chat with people to just see whether we're on the same uh, frequency. Okay. Because sometimes maybe their personality, I know. It's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. And it's not right for me to chase the money and take on a client when I know I'm not going to do happen. that. No, yes. I wouldn't. And it won't be an have, enjoyable process. I yeah. have a whole load of uh, colleagues who are specialized in various fields, so I'd recommend them to someone. Or oh, I think, you know, you'd be suited to so-and-so. They'd be able to, you know, fit your personality better. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Absolute honor having you here. I've really enjoyed this. Absolute pleasure meeting you, and uh, I look forward to to you working with me. Uh, <laughs> Inshallah. But I've given too many buying signals, right? Money's tight yeah, and just, things I'll are just, tough. I'll just pull out my invoice book now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute pleasure with you. Thank you, Thank, Thank you very so much. much. Thanks for having me here Thank and for hearing me out and allowing Thank my you. message to get It was, it was to get my honor, there. my pleasure.